guys were right. I was wrong. Big ZD has turned around Kentucky. I watched all that game, and I'm actually scared of Kentucky. I made fun of you guys, but they're coming on. Reed Shepard, that guy's a stud, man. Reed Shepard made one of the most boneheaded plays as Kentucky was melting down and trying to blow a seven-point lead in the final minute with one of the worst passes you'll ever see. But he made up for it with a essentially a buzzer beater on a nice little runner as things were breaking down and going chaotic. That was a fun game. Mississippi State probably still going to be a tournament team, right? Are they still on the right side of the bubble, or are they, are they now kind of in sweat-it mode? I think they're in sweat-it mode myself. but uh, can... I haven't done my bracketology yet, so I can't make my official declaration yet. <laughs> What seed would they be? I haven't done my I haven't done my bracketology yet, Sam. Uh, I'm sorry. We know. have to get that one dude in that you uh, were searching yesterday. I have to remember his name. I've already forgotten his name. I want to say like Gus or something. I don't <laughs> so, think it was Gus. No. Um, now that game last night was it was super entertaining. Um, I I really had a feeling Mississippi State just felt like they they were living on borrowed time early. The way they were hitting all the shots, they hit that. Well, it turned into a four-point play by Hubbard right at the beginning of the second half. And I think if any if any Kentucky fan must have been like, we're cooked, man. But uh, And we were texting back and forth. Obviously, Reed Shepard played like I – th- I think we all three had money on Kentucky last night. We did. Yeah. We, we listened to uh, Eli Barnes, as I called him, with his uh, Kentucky's going to score enough to win. And he was right. But uh, we well, I, think, I, th- I thought you said he said that Mississippi State wasn't going to score enough. And – they were in the high 80s, like, come on, Barnes. Like, they had 40 at halftime. I was like, I guess anybody can score against Kentucky. We got we got inside information here from, from SEC coaches, and I'm going to lose money off of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that, uh, yeah, I I was in on Kentucky Moneyline, and uh, I was a little worried, but, uh, but no, Shepard played great. And then we talked about Rob Dillingham, too, man. He didn't score many points. I think he only scored nine points, but had a couple big buckets, a couple nice dishes. I mean, he's just – what I still can't understand with Cal, I mean, I know Dillingham had a little bit of foul trouble, so maybe that was a contributor. But I would argue, even with Shepard's performance, you could say Dillingham might be the best player on that team. He only played 16 minutes last night. Um, I think Shepard's the best player on the team. Well, I might have changed my mind after last night. Dillingham might be the best NBA prospect on the team, and he's explosive, but Shepard's smooth, man. Dillingham's the best scorer, but Shepard is just so all-around. He's smooth. Yeah. You know, I laughed, and I still don't think he's a top-five pick. Like, No. You had some people having him mocked as a top-five pick. I still don't see that, but, like, he's he's a really good college player that's going to play in the NBA. Lottery for sure? I mean, I can't say for sure or not, but I would imagine so, yeah. I mean, he, he looks, especially, you know, they keep calling it a weak draft. You know, his age, I mean, Does at he, the very least, I feel like his floor is Grayson Allen in the NBA, but that's like a you know 10-year, 12-year career. I mean, Grayson Allen's starting on a, a pretty good Suns team right now. I see a lot of mocks that have him in front of Connect, which I that that I struggle with. But I, I do think I'm convinced he's a he's a first-round pick, probably borderline lottery maybe. Yeah, I would say that was probably just age. Yeah, is the, you know, and and maybe I assume Reed Shepard was a highly ranked recruit. I assume so, like having more of a pedigree, kind of being good against his peers his entire life versus Connect, who's a who's a late bloomer. Now, I'm not saying Shepard's going to be better in the NBA because I think Connect's going to be really good too, but I, I'm just trying to make sense on the the yeah. extra years there. And Big ZD 
he got shoved around a little bit, but he was he was in there meaningful minutes. So I guess I guess Cal's sidling up with him now. Yeah, he had a couple of nice defensive plays against Tolu Smith. I was surprised that Calipari went zone. So like I feel like it's taken him all year to be like, hey, we can't guard anybody. Let's just try to keep them in front of us. And if they bomb some threes, they bomb some threes. And and Mississippi State would hit a couple, and you thought, the, okay, there they go. They're getting ready to go on a run. But then Kentucky would come down and get a bucket and, and keep, it, keep them close enough. And then, yeah, eventually just kind of took over. That was a fun game. It was a chaotic game, and I was I was waiting to see because Mississippi State had to come over the loudspeaker and say, hey, we're not rushing the court. And I'm like, first of all, that seems like a bad idea to do that with 10 minutes left. That's like whenever the the – Teams and like the NBA will start getting their champagne celebration ready before the game's over, and you know, like, go back to that Heat Spurs game six. They're roping off the court because they think the Spurs are getting ready to have their championship celebration there on the court, and I lose like seven thousand dollars on that when Ray Allen hits that shot, and I take like an hour and a half long shower and, and really contemplate where I'm at in life and and everything that was going on. Mississippi State was like, "Hey, don't rush the court," and I'm like, "Oh man, you got to win the game first, and then they didn't." But then when the, with the dramatic comeback, I was like, okay, is this worthy of a court storming? Like it's because it is Kentucky. It's not top five Kentucky, but it is Kentucky. Mississippi State hasn't beaten Kentucky at home, I think, since two thousand eight. I believe is what they said. Yeah. So like, if they had won that game in dramatic fashion in overtime, like, would that have warranted a court storm? I don't know. But I was waiting to see, just because of the the discourse surrounding court storming. We saw a hell of a court storm last night in. Uh it had been a Mississippi, Mississippi Valley State, no longer winless, and they showed it on social media, saying that they stormed the court with exclamation points, and there's like, no exaggeration, maybe 15 people out there on the floor. And then they got off the floor in about 30 seconds. They came out, did their thing, and then left. So, a little different. Creating core memories, like I told you, Sam. That's <laughs> why you go to those games, all right? I thought we were going to get another type of court storming at – in Lubbock as yeah. Texas Tech and Jeez. Texas got pretty ugly. So I haven't been as locked in. Have the the college media nerds taken Texas Tech to task? Have they treated them like criminals and outlaws? Have, have they been as mean to them as they were Tennessee against Ole Miss in football? I haven't seen it. Um, now, it might have happened while the show's been going on, but it wasn't there this morning when I got up. They, 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 they just – talked about it them throwing bottles and the police did a good job of you know taking that guy out they were carrying him up the stairs yes getting him out i don't know exactly what happened in lubbock i know some fans threw some some bottles then a coach got on the court and was like hey quit throwing bottles they got a technical foul which led to more bottles being thrown they were getting their ass kicked they're down by like 23 i think when it happened Went on a little bit of a 5 0 run. You're like, okay, here we go. And then nope, nope, didn't didn't make the run. Bad loss for Texas Tech. Good win for Texas. But I thought we were gonna get a, a different type of court storm there. I think the 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 thing that got maybe more heat was uh was Cunningham's foul. That was like a that was like a hockey hip check, basically. <laughs> well he did get ejected, so I don't yeah. know what else you want the fans to do about or the, the refs to do about it. Like yeah. what what are the refs supposed to do? Why are we throwing Bottles? Are you accusing Texas of being dirty and like you're throwing them at just at Texas? You mad at the officiating? I don't get it because like they did throw him out. I think it's it was Texas and Texas was kicking their ass. I mean, and it's their last time in the conference. Yeah, I don't know if that basketball rivalry will continue. They stole your coach. Texas Tech basketball went from mattering 
and being in a national championship game to, to not mattering pretty quickly. It's true. That would hurt to have, like, your rival take your coach and kind of end your program. And then they leave the conference so you don't even get a chance at revenge. Then they kick your ass in the final game and you're throwing bottles and you, you embarrass your school. That's a tough loss for Texas Tech. To your point, though, I don't see much on social media f- from last night into this morning about you know being critical of the fans or anything else from the media. So interesting. Yeah, makes you wonder. Interesting. Makes you wonder. And then also Kansas goes down to. Weren't we just talking about Brigham Young? We don't like their style of basketball. Yeah. I said I didn't like watching their style of basketball. I, I caught them on a bad night. I was mad at them whenever they played. Who was it? Was it, was it a couple weeks ago? Oklahoma, maybe. And I was just watching them jack up contested threes and try to feed the ball into the post. They couldn't make up their mind. and They had some shots last night. And Kansas, to me, that was more about Kansas just not being – very good or not being elite not being in the great they're still good they're still solid they're they're a solid basketball team but they're not a contender this year i mean imagine that team without hunter dickinson this year i mean because they're again arguably their best player has been mcculler he's out then you got dickinson and i don't know what now kj adams but beyond that they don't have much and we've been saying that that that's going to come to roost for them they they're not deep this year and it's starting to show now. Feels like they're headed for a a three seed. I agree. Which is a dangerous spot for Bill Self. That's when Bill Self loses in the first round when they're a three seed. Yes. You need to be a, a top seed to be a championship level team, and and they're not there. They're not going to be there, and I don't look at them as a legitimate threat this year. So one thing I was thinking about last night as we come back to the SEC and all the things that are at stake here in these last four games for Tennessee and in some instances three for other teams. That win for Kentucky last night, I mean, mathematically, they're still in the mix here. It keeps them alive. It keeps them alive. I don't think it changes how I view them. I still view them as, like, inconsistent and high-ceiling really high ceiling, low floor type of thing. And I, I do think that as far as Tennessee goes, it feels like they come into that final game with the SEC championship either locked up or they're not going to win it. So like, I don't think Kentucky can really play spoiler when it comes to Tennessee winning the SEC championship. Is that right or is that wrong? I think a lot of things would have to happen. I mean, because – Kentucky's still two losses behind Tennessee and Alabama. So I guess I guess Tennessee and Alabama could still be tied going into that last game where Tennessee would have to win, so I guess that's not true. I was thinking Tennessee beats Alabama in that scenario and locks it up, but yeah, I guess I guess Tennessee could be needing to beat Kentucky for the SEC title, and they could spoil it. Oh my God, that's going to be a dreadful game if that's the case. <laughs> if we lose to Alabama and they lose to Florida and we're, we're both 2-1 you know, and one going into that last yeah. game and Alabama's hoping for our loss, or even Kentucky can steal it somehow – by beating us, I don't know what the tiebreakers would look like there. I know them beating Alabama probably goes a long way to helping them if they go one and one against us. I think we've talked about this before, but I think it's worth restating. If Tennessee's three and zero in these last four games, going into the fourth game against Kentucky and loses, I think we're still good, right? There's some type of scenario where like we're we're all three tied, 
and then Tennessee and Kentucky, you know, beat Alabama on the tiebreaker of head-to-head and all that. But, like, then we're looking at Kentucky versus Tennessee and how far down the list do we have to go on, like, the seeding tiebreakers because we'd both be undefeated against Alabama. We'd both be undefeated against Auburn in this scenario. We'd both be winless. I guess we – has Kentucky played South Carolina twice or just once? I think just I once. I think just once. Yeah. And they also lost to Florida, so we should beat Kentucky on a tiebreaker, right? If, as long as we go 2-2, two and two, Kentucky shouldn't be able to beat us in terms of – for the conference championship. So, at least we got that going for us. We talk about everything being ahead of us moving forward starting tonight. Bob, do you weigh – either one to be worth more to you because I, I think they're kind of connected you're not really going to get one without getting the other at least when it comes to the one seed does the one seed or the SEC championship matter more to you which which one would you rather have if you could only pick one the one seed I don't think you can get the one seed without winning the SEC championship so I yeah. don't think you really have to pick Sam do you agree the one seed or the SEC championship yeah, I agree. I agree right with you there. Like, I think winning the SEC championship is 1A, 1B with getting the one seed. It's all kind of looped in there together. So, Well, then we need to quit talking about the 3-1 and one then. The 4-0 and o has to be the goal then. The, yeah. the one seed has to be our biggest goal. Not just, well, beat Alabama and you can win the SEC championship. No, 4-0 and o has to be the goal then. Of the past, like, 38 champions, what percentage do you think come from one seeds? Or you can just give me what percentage doesn't come from one seed, depending on however you want to do it. I think it's the last 38, if I'm if I'm math. Of the last correct. 38, what percentage of the champions have been one seeds? Yep. Um, Forty percent. Sam, I was gonna go lower than that. I was gonna say like 30, 30 to thirty-five, maybe. 63%. Really? 63% have been one seeds. Well, I definitely – we all see it each year where these – you know, all the craziness happens in the early rounds. Now, take last year's Final Four out of the equation, but m- most of the times the Final Four is kind of chalk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'll have, you'll have a couple crashers, but, like, you'll have UConn win a title as a non-one seed, but everyone else is pretty much a one or a two. Like, if you make it just a one or a two seed – that goes up to 76%. Yeah, I thought there'd just be more twos. Two seeds have only won 13% of the time. Hmm. Three seeds have won 11% of the time. Newcon's probably, like, accounts for a couple of those themselves. But, yeah, so, like, the one seed, if you're actually looking at winning a national championship, it's a big deal. And the difference between a one and a two seed is pretty stark. I know, I know we this year have said, hey, it's not a huge difference, one and two, whatever, blah, 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 but... If you're talking about winning it all, now obviously there's some correlation there in terms of the one seeds are better. Better teams win more championships. I, I get that. I understand. It's not just about the path. It's also about the quality of the team. I understand that. But still, like the path plays into it as well. 63% of the time. What's the So the highest seed to win one, was it that UConn team that was an eight seed? or I'd imagine so, yeah. I mean, how how high was the NC State team that won? With, with, uh, that, that's yeah. With Valvano, weren't they around that? They probably seat were. As well? And Villanova when they they won the first. Georgetown, right? Yeah, they were. They were probably in that range too. I would think. Yeah. 
But in recent history, yeah, UConn yeah. coming as a – were they an eight seed? I thought they were like a seven, but either way. Yeah, they were in that range somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, you you need to – and really, like, quite frankly, over the last, like – I think it was like the last 13 tournaments or last 13 years, you got to be a one or a two to win it. UConn's the only team that's came outside of a one or two seed to win it. Last year, and they were a three seed. You gotta you gotta be in there in that mix of teams to have a chance. Sixty three percent of the time, so the one seed is gigantic. So instead of talking about three and one and let's win the SEC, let's let's think a little bit bigger. Three and one could still get you the one seed. I just don't find that to be likely. You'd have to have Arizona lose again, I think. Yeah, that's where I that's what I keep thinking about is if we go three and zero oh and Kentucky beats us. I still think – I don't see how they have a way forward at that point to win the SEC. That would be still for Tennessee, but it would cost them the one seed, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, same, so, as, same, same in that scenario that Will laid out where you lose to South Carolina maybe as your one loss. Like that, that probably cost you the one seed as well. Kentucky could still ruin something for us. Let's play some overrated, underrated coming up after the break. Stick with us. Your high-blooded sister, I'm sure there's a man for to love her and miss her. I didn't mean nothing, I just happened to kiss her, but honey, I'm Overrated, so underrated is brought to you by Logo Solutions, powered by SM Athletics. If you are a business owner, a club director, or a member of a social organization and you have a logo and need merchandise oh do i have an answer for you or do i have a solution for you that's right you can check out logo solutions powered by sm athletics you have a logo they have a solution from custom apparel to headwear and promotional items logo solutions is your one-stop shop for all of your branded merchandise needs made right here in east tennessee give them a call for all your logo needs, 865-966-3434. That's 966-3434. Let's play some overrated, underrated. Overrated. Very overrated. It's overrated. Overrated, my friend. Overrated. I want to tell you why. I think that's a solid rated right there. It's perfect rated. He underrated, man. He got some swag. He has some real swag. Lobsters are underrated. They don't die. All righty. A little bit of overrated, underrated. All righty. Here we go. Overrated, underrated. Drafting offensive weapons over offensive line. I got to say it's probably underrated. Would you agree or disagree that Cincinnati made the right pick by taking Jamar Chase over Panay Suel? Now, both are all pros. Both are really good. But do you think that Cincinnati made the right pick there? Because I would say that, yes, they did. Yeah, I would say so, too. But I also would say they probably wouldn't have gone wrong with Sewell right now, too. I don't know. Are the Bengals not drastically different if it's – Sewell and T. Higgins as their number one? Because yeah. I don't think T. Higgins is the number one receiver. I was going to ask. They had T. before Chase, right? They, they had one, him for one year before I, I believe Chase. T. is, yeah, one yeah. year ahead of Chase. Yeah. It'd be interesting for sure. 
Because I think that'd be a drastically different team. And Burrow's great, but if you told me his receivers were T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, that seems like a less dangerous team. Yeah. Now, of course, the Lions, you know, they were able to have Pene Suel, and he's taken them to to being uh, having the best offensive line in the league, or at least one of. But they also kind of struck goal with Amon Ross St. Brown. So it's kind of weird because, like, I think if the Lions took Sewell, is it Sewell or Sewell? Uh, Sewell. I think it's Sewell. I don't know. I don't know. But if they took him and didn't have Amon Ross St. Brown, that offense looks a lot different. They wouldn't have as, as much explosiveness. So it's kind of weird that they were able to kind of check both boxes. But maybe the key comes down to if you're at the top of the draft, there's, there's a better chance that your offensive lineman is going to be good. And maybe that's the safe pick. Bob? I think it's underrated. Uh, it's a tough one because there's the whole argument that you, you know, kind of feel like like an offensive lineman, for example. It's kind of the foundation to the house, right? I mean, I think that that's – you have to have stability there, but it's a league that is based mostly on scoring these days and on offense, and so weapons matter. It matters from a, from a fan perspective, selling tickets, all those things. So I, I think uh, – I think it's probably a little underrated myself, too. However, if I play devil's advocate to myself, the gap between the first lineman taken versus, like, the second and third round lineman, that's probably a lot wider than the gap between the first receivers taken versus the guys in the second and third round, right? 100%. I mean, you can find A.J. Brown in the second round. I think that's what makes the argument so interesting. You can find Antonio Brown in the, what was it, the fifth round? Yeah, Amon Ra, I believe was was he a fourth rounder or a third rounder? I think fourth rounder. I don't, I, I can't tell you how many like all pro tackles have been drafted outside of the first round. Probably not many, right? Yeah. But the wide receivers, you can find those guys later on and and get just as good of production. I know Jamar Chase has been great, but like from that perspective, I got to say, Sam, I'm, I'm flip flopping. I'm going. It's a little overrated because I do think. <laughs> I do think just if you're looking for an all-pro player, it's a better chance that you're going to find one at left tackle yeah. early in the draft versus late in the draft. Well, yeah. I think you touch on something interesting, too, because it's almost like weapons might need to be clarified. It's like is it a, that's a quarterback or receiver because running backs, I don't think, or I, I would say that that would – if you think about a running back, I think that would be overrated to me overall, unless you're getting a Christian McCaffrey. There's just not that many that have – you know, done that well, and you go out and can get like a James Robinson a couple of years ago that produced for a couple of seasons and did great. Yeah, sure. Like the tight end, throw that in there too. Like that's yeah. the argument people have made against Brock Bowers. Yeah. I think wide receiver is kind of the only skill position player, you know, outside of quarterback, obviously, that you look at and say worth a first round pick. But I do think every stud offensive lineman in the league is a first round pick, basically, because. They have the size and athleticism, and like that's the stuff that jumps off the film and jumps out of the combine, and there aren't very many diamond-in-the-rough offensive linemen. So I got to go It's actually overrated, Sam. Give me the offensive lineman, especially if we're looking from the Titans' standpoint. Give me offensive linemen. Yeah, okay. Even give me the second offensive lineman over a tackle, or excuse me, over a uh, wide receiver. Gotcha. All right, overrated, underrated Arizona basketball. I feel like it's underrated just as a whole. I get that they haven't won big recently, but I never think of them as an elite program, or at least as like a blue blood. But like growing up, I used to. They matter. 
maybe they're kind of a little bit of a sleeping giant in terms of like breaking through and winning championships and stuff. But like the Lou Olson days, I mean, he was one of the premier coaches in basketball, right? I mean, was he ever thought of as the best basketball coach, Bob? No, but he was definitely like top five. Yeah, I remember the year, you know, with with um, Luke Walton, where they kind of went. Were they undefeated that season, or they maybe lost once going into the tournament? I know I said I just remember it and didn't yeah. remember the details, but I thought maybe they were even undefeated. Well, they had know. most of that team come back from the team that won with Miles Simon and others, and they got – I think Utah knocked them out in the tournament yeah. that year. Um, but that's interesting. I, I, I'd i say this is two parts for me. I think they're maybe underrated as a whole, but to me this season I feel they're overrated. Um, we've been talking about this. The fact that they're on the cusp of a one seed in the tournament, and they're a great team. Don't get me wrong, but uh, they've they had a, a pretty bad loss to Stanford, and you know they're playing in a conference that's hobbled and it's you know limping to the finish line in its last season. So I think this year they're a little overrated, but by and large, I would say underrated. What did they do last year in the tournament? Lost to uh, Princeton. If it wasn't for Lost for Princeton in the first round. Yeah, if it wasn't for Purdue losing the, yeah, losing the, yeah, yeah. If if it wasn't for that Purdue loss, I think that Arizona would be the talk of. Yeah, was of that. A, I don't even remember it. That exactly. Was a, what a two fifteen. Two fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do. I remember think that Purdue now. happened the day after it or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like no, it was I, a complete afterthought because I, of that. I do remember because I kind of liked that Arizona team. Yeah. See, I, that was my national title pick. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they were good. Yeah. And the year before they were good too, right? They were, like, yeah. That was the year they were a one seed, right? Because they, I remember betting me, me and, when me and I was down in Tampa, and yeah, I was betting on them to win the Pac-12 championship, and they mm-hmm. were one seed. And they they had a disappointing exit there in that tournament too. I'm pretty sure. So maybe maybe Tommy Lloyd's not a tournament coach, just like the coach he learned under for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe he's got that Gonzaga thing going where he's not a tournament coach. <laughs> maybe. All right. Uh, overrated. Underrated. They popped up in the in the sporting world yesterday. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh properly rated. They're properly rated. They're uh, they're just like the Knicks, except maybe they're a poor man's Knicks team. Okay. It seems like they're overrated. <laughs> well, I mean, like, who thinks of them as a title contender? Not right. me. No, I agree. I mean, they're gonna make the playoffs. They're solid, but like they're not they're probably not gonna win a playoff series. That's the way I rate them. Do you think they win a playoff series? Because I don't. I think they win a playoff series. Really? But against Because, like, to me, I think you go ahead and pencil in for sure that the Celtics are winning a playoff series. Would you say that the Bucks win a playoff series this year? Probably. Okay, so there's two spots. Um, I guess when you're looking at the third, I guess now the Embiid's hurt. Maybe if he's not back. That's, you, that's what I'm thinking. But, honestly. like, I think the Knicks are better. The Knicks are going to win a playoff series this year. So, like, I guess are the Cavs that fourth spot? Maybe. Maybe they win one. Depends on who the seeds are. But, like, I don't know. Like, they're not a top five team. Or they're not a top four team in the East, in my opinion. So, like, it's, you can't win a playoff series if you're not a top four team. Like, if they match up against the Heat in a playoff series, who are you taking, the Cavs or the Heat? Because I'm taking the Heat. Uh, that's a tough one. I would say if they're in a 4-5 series with the Knicks, for example, that'd be a tough one. I'd say it'd probably take the Knicks. Yeah, because uh, I mean, we, we saw that series last year, and the Knicks punked them. Yeah, yeah. And the Cavs kind of got that stench on them of like, hey, you're a solid regular season team that tries hard, but you are not. You can't take it up a level in the playoffs. But I guess that's what I'm thinking is if 
the Sixers continue to slide a little and Embiid doesn't come back and they slide to like a five seed sure. and the Cavs are a four seed, I think the Cavs can take them. Yeah, yeah. If the if the Sixers are the matchup and Embiid's not there, but if Embiid does play and has had at least you know a week to get in shape, I think he would have Jared Allen and Mobley in hell and hell and dominate that series. But yeah, but it, to the question of are they overrated or underrated, I'd, I I think you may be right. Uh, I'm agreeing with you a lot today, but probably properly rated. Probably properly rated. I mean, we were we, we were talking about this because they had that uh, incredible win last night. Uh, against Dallas, uh, Max Struess went nuts for about two minutes. But uh, they're quietly having a really, really good season. They're very hot. But, you know, we talked also about Donovan Mitchell being your guy. And he's, again, I feel he's like a stat stuffer, not much of a winner when it comes to postseason. So they're the number two seed right now. Yeah. That's which crazy. is surprising. That's crazy. I, you know, with the, with the Cavs. I've done a 180. I want to go ahead and I'm officially on record. You can't win with small guards in the NBA. I am a team trade Trey. Let's get Trey out of there this offseason. But, like, I think Cleveland's going to run into that to themselves like they did last year. They When Garland and Mitchell are your backcourt, you're kind of at a disadvantage when right. it comes to playoff matchups whenever you don't have one guy with any size. And I know Mitchell's got a long wingspan or whatever, but he's he's a small guard. Team Did- trade Trey, though, by the way. Get rid of him. Build around Jalen Johnson. Jared Allen's turned into a nice pro. Better than I thought, really. For sure. But on the flip side, Mobley's been a little disappointing. Right. As what we thought he was going to be as the well, the number two pick, I believe. And He was, yeah. He looked like he was going to be like the next Kevin Garnett is kind of what people have thought he could get to. And he seems a long way away from that to the point where they might need to trade him this offseason. I was thinking of Max Struess last night, and I know there's been some uh, – I was going to say connections, but then that sounds punny with uh, Dalton Connect. But maybe that's true. Maybe there is some of that. Like, there's some like likeness there in terms of how they play. And um, I was saying he wasn't athletic enough, but I watched those highlights last night. He can play, man. Between who? Strews. Yeah. And, and Dalton Connect. Yeah. Strews is good. Yeah. And I think he's one of those guys that's sneaky athletic. I think he's got a little bit more pop than you would think. Life's probably good for him, too. He's like a pretty good-looking guy and playing ball, balling out. Nice life. I mean, it's cool to hit the – I mean, because he was, what, 50? I think he got credit for being 59 feet away. Yeah. So that's cool. That's a great moment. He is a good-looking guy, makes a lot of money. But, Bob, keep in mind, he moved from Miami to Cleveland. Oh, I know. Yeah. It was a lot better for him in Miami, I would imagine. Yes. Is he kind of – is he like a pretty good defensive guy? I think he's fine. I got. I think he's it's not a strength of his. Or I don't think it's a strength okay. of his. But like, I mean, I don't think you can play for Miami, right? And, and the Heat culture and not be, be a good a at least a, <laughs> at least not be like a an average defender. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe though, maybe Max Struess is a difference for the Cavs. You know, maybe he they they needed a guy at the three position last year. They didn't have one. I think they were playing like Isaiah Okoro as the three, or I think that's who it was. Yeah. And like he can't play at that level. And and maybe Strews can come there and bring some some NBA Finals experience and show these guys how to win the playoffs. Maybe there's some disappointment there. Wasn't Okoro? He was a lottery pick, wasn't he? I think, I think number six overall, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Am yeah. I confusing him with Okiki? Which one's in Okiki's in Orlando and Okoro's right. in, in Cleveland? Okay. No, Okoro's in Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. Right. Anything else, Sam? Dipping dots. <laughs> the ice cream of the future. <laughs> That's all I had. 
Does anybody the rate Dippin' Dots anymore? Do they even sell Dippin' Dots anywhere besides the mall? I sporting guess events. I guess it's some sporting events, but like where? Where? Like I've seen it at a Smokies game before, games. but where at? I think most baseball games. I think the Vols sell them. Okay. Yeah, maybe I did see it there too. Why? I love it. I love Dippin' Dots. Underrated for me. I yeah, love them. You guys are still holding me. on to your Dippin' Dot stock? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, that's the biggest problem with ice cream. If you're at a sporting event, it's kind of hot, melts quick. Dippin' Dots. The Dots don't melt? Well, they eventually, but it takes a lot longer. You get it in the bag, too. Like, it's not getting over your hands or anything yeah. like that. They br- they put it in a bag? Oh, yeah. Have you not had Dippin' Dots before? When I, mean, I had they put them in a cup, too. When I had a Dippin' Dots, yeah, I was in a cup. Yeah. That was probably at the mall. At yeah. a sporting event, they give you the bag. Yeah. I think I got Dippin' Dots at the mall, and I remember getting Dippin' Dots at Dollywood. As a kid, it's cool, but no, like, to me, oh, ice cream. is an adult. They're even better as an adult, I think. No, to me, ice cream doesn't need to be changed, bro. Just give me two <laughs> scoops, put it in a cone, and let me go to town. I ate a waffle cone, two scoops of chocolate ice cream last this past weekend. I was in heaven. And I was like, this is the way ice hey, cream should be. There's nothing wrong with a waffle cone. I know there's not. But by definition, trying to change ice cream is going to be overrated. Because I don't need an ice cream of the future. Because guess what, Dippin' Dots? The ice cream of the present. And the past, pretty damn good. Is it considered ice cream, Dippin' Dots? What are they considered? I mean, I don't know, Sam, but their tagline was ice cream of the future. Oh, that's what it? they, okay, that's what they deemed themselves as. I didn't as. know that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ice cream. But, like, I don't need that. I just need, now, you know, if I'm scooping it, I might have a different answer. Maybe the people who work at Dippin' Dots are happier just getting to easily scoop sure. it out versus having to really dig down there and make sure it rolls up into the cone and everything. But no, overrated. So what's your favorite flavor then, Bob, if John's not a Dippin' Dots guy? I'm not even going to ask him. Um, well, probably the same flavor I like with regular ice cream, like a mint chocolate chip type Really? Okay. Vibe. Yeah, I go for like the rainbow ones, like the sherbet kind of flavored instead of ice cream. I agree. I'm, so you're I, not even an ice cream guy. You're eating no, sherbet. No, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, exactly. Like I'd rather get an ice cream cone if I'm going to get ice cream. I don't want little frozen ice cream balls like I, I, Dippin' Dots, but I, I like the rainbow ones. To be clear, I love ice cream. I love ice cream. I'm just saying in the type, in the right scenario – where I'm, I'm kind of fastidious. I don't necessarily like having a mess. So Dippin' Dots, that never happens with them. That's all. Can you not lick the cone fast enough, Bob? Because I don't make sometimes, a mess. I, some, I just go to town just well, like so, a cow. What if you're at like a 95-degree baseball Yeah, sometimes game. you can. You can't uh, I get saved ice. I don't get ice cream in 95-degree heat. That's, say, well, that gets sticky if it starts Who the hell you. wants milk in general when it's 95 degrees outside? Right, you get the rainbow I, ones and it's sherbet. I, I know that some <laughs> say milk's what keep. That's what my dad used to say when it was really hot on the farm. Just get your gold glass of milk. It'll cool you down. I'm like, I don't want to drink milk when it's 95 degrees, no, Dad. I, I'm good I on that. But that. I don't want ice cream when it's 95 degrees either. It's too Especially when I'm going to be out in the heat. I don't want that dairy in my stuff. When, when I'm down in Florida and it's super hot, I and I love an ice cream cone, but it, even then I'll get ice cream in a cup because i got to control it, man. Can't be, You can't be chasing it all the time, around the, you know, looking I, around the cone and all that. I don't even fool with ice cream in a cup. It's yeah, either yeah. milkshake or cone is for me. I don't even mess with the cup. I'm loyal to a cone. But if it's 95 degrees, I'm getting a shaved ice. I'm finding me a snow biz. I'm finding me one of those flavored ice things. That's what I'm getting. Houston tweet texts in and just says, two scoops of chocolate, question mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, question mark. Is he saying that two scoops are too many? Or he's saying I'm too basic just for getting chocolate? What, what's the implication there, Bob, when you see Houston say, two scoops of chocolate, exclamation, question, exclamation. Is that all you got? Yeah. That's what I think he's saying. That, that it's 
Yeah, that's fattening to get two scoops, or that I'm no. Bored? I think no, no, he's no. saying like that's rookie numbers. Yeah, like, you got to pump that yeah, up. Yeah, saying to get three scoops. Yeah. No, 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 no. There's, there's, this I think ice it, cream cone is I, huge. I took it more about the flavor. Maybe the flavor was like, hey man, do something besides chocolate and vanilla. Absolutely not. Chocolate is delicious. I love. If chocolate. I could eat one flavor hey, of ice cream, get a chocolate shake made with chocolate ice cream, and then you're living. I'm telling you, that's phenomenal. It's 9:30 a.m., 9:41 a.m., and I'm hankering for some sweets right now. I'm going to go to find me a milkshake at 1030. I'm going to go to Wendy's. Dynamic pricing. The, the Frosty should be free right now. No one else is ordering a Frosty right now at 1030. And that's the, the last thing I'll say about this is uh, if you ever heard Shaka Smart, that's their big – for his team, their big reward is milkshakes. Nice. Like they get a big win. It's milkshakes. And I love a milkshake more than the ice cream, really. So Yeah, see, no, I'm, there's nothing better to me than a nice cone. And waffle cone is pretty good. A nice cone and just a basic ice cream. Now, you know, I'll mix it up every now and get the cookies and cream and get a little Oreo in there. But, no, the goat is just a good chocolate ice cream cone for me. So good. I like the sugar cone, not the waffle cone. Yeah, yeah. And I like a good basic chocolate chip ice cream, too. That can work if it's done well. It's got to be done well. It's got to have enough chocolate chips in it. The sugar cone isn't big enough for me. Sure. The sugar cone only works when you're getting, like, as a little – Soft serve treat, like the Jason's Deli. Yeah, yeah, I love a good. God, like, I could. Or smell. like on a cruise, the ice cream thing oh, up there. Yeah. Oh. Like, we used to go to the Western Sizzling after oh. church, and you know, like you eat a big meal, you get a little t- treat, and then the bottom, the last bite of the yep, cone. That's so exactly good. why. Yeah. But no, I like the big waffle cone. It's just so much bigger. Sure. Houston sure. saying basic, live a little. That's what it was. It was about the flavor. Chocolate's delicious. There's some things you don't need to reinvent the wheel on. I understand that some people want to live it up with all these different flavors, but there's a reason chocolate and vanilla are the OGs, the standard. All right, last. There's a reason Coca-Cola, <laughs> the basic, is the standard. All right, the last thing, and we got to hit a break, but then what are your thoughts on a good blizzard where they, oh, yeah. no, they no, no, take no. Good blizzard. stuff, break it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. mix it in? No. Yeah. I love me a good blizzard. I love me a good McFlurry, yeah. but you know, yeah. get some some Oreo chunks in there, and then I get, I get to count and, like, Hmm, Sonic it doesn't look. There's a lot of Oreos in this Oreo blast, and then it makes me mad. But yeah, I don't want. I don't want them making me a cone and doing all that while I'm driving. No, no, no. Uh, ice cream cone for me is when I'm walking downtown or I'm walking somewhere or I'm sitting. Like I don't want to be driving eating an ice cream cone. Well, what would a, I look like as a grown ass? Great man? visual is you walking down like Market Square with yeah. an ice cream cone. Love it. I love it. Just strolling along. Just strolling along, not a care in the world. But like, what would I look like as a man walk, driving trying to lick an ice cream cone? No, I can't do that. So yeah, no, I love me a good blizzard. Okay, last thing I swear, my father-in-law once got an ice cream cone because he was driving and they gave it to him and it was a mess. He just took it, and just, just threw it. Out and left. Enough. Yeah, it was like not doing it. You see the way Bob lit up? He's like Trey and Rick when we talk WrestleMania. Bob's been waiting to get his ice cream dessert takes off. Yes. We need some more. We'll That'll look uh, noted on overrated, underrated. I've yeah. got some dessert topics. We'll look at the SEC as a whole. We'll look at the SEC schedule tonight. Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama with a big game. It's championship season here on the morning show. Huge night in the SEC tonight. Tennessee Auburn is the the headliner. How good are you going to feel if Tennessee takes care of Auburn tonight? And then you get to sit in and get home from the game at halftime, and Ole Miss has got a four point lead over Alabama. 
We can hope, man. Alabama's, uh, I mean, Mississippi's at full strength. They didn't suspend Alan Flanagan. That's a surprise. I said the guy might be suspended the rest of the year. He didn't even get one game. Yeah. I don't understand that. Are they just saying it's like a normal basketball play to swing your elbows violently like that? That was incredible. When I saw it, I thought, that guy's going to get at least one game. I thought he might get the rest of the regular season because I thought that was assault. If I did that to somebody on the street, they would be like, that's assault, brother. Instead, it's like, ah, no harm, no foul. You're good to go. Well, we'll be Ole Miss fans tonight for sure. No, that could be a huge, huge swing for Tennessee if they're able to take care of Auburn and then, yeah, get to put their full energy behind Mississippi tonight. Tennessee, we've told you, six-and-a-half-point favorites, minus 260 on the money line. Alabama, five-and-a-half-point favorites. The juice is on Ole Miss and the points, and only minus 210 on the money line. So, more likely Tennessee beats Auburn than it is Alabama beats Ole Miss. It's a survival game for Ole Miss. They're like, if you look at bracketology, their first four out or next four out. So, they're they're really on the line. they gotta they got to win some games, so – it's their season on the line tonight. Really is, really is. Now this Chris Beard Ole Miss team—it's not your typical Chris Beard team in the sense of it like being a defensive team that could choke you out. It's more of a team that can actually score a little bit but can't play defense, which is a little surprising. So I—I I don't know if that's the recipe to beat Alabama because, like you know, Chris Beard's teams usually look like the team that was at San Diego State last year that beat Alabama in the postseason. They play a similar style, and you saw Alabama kind of struggle with them. Right. So I don't know if this team can defend enough to actually beat Alabama. But Alabama hasn't been great on the road at times this year. It's true. And they typically go how Sears goes if they can figure out some way to lock him down. It doesn't happen much, but saw saw what happened when they played Tennessee, and we did that. I saw, like, in the projections and, like, you know, you could get the conference championship odds and everything. If Tennessee wins tonight and Alabama loses, Alabama's odds go all the way down to, like, 14% to win the SEC. It's a huge swing for them. They, they, could, be, they could be in, you know, drastic trouble. Tennessee, in that scenario, goes up to at least an 84% chance of getting a share a 54% chance of just a sole outright championship. So that that's what's at stake. If Tennessee and Bama both hold serve, a shared title, 69% for Alabama, 56% for Tennessee. So it could be quite a bit of a, a change just in one night. It's huge games tonight. I'm pumped up. I keep calling it championship season, but it is. Got Mark Sears has only had one game in single digits the whole season they play a, a lot of possessions they go really fast and yep. he is he's pretty good he is he is I, I think sometimes it might come across as us being dismissive of other players whenever we say that like they shouldn't be in the mix for sec player of the year and that should be dalton connect but both reeves and sears both really good players i still don't know if reeves is at that same level so maybe i'm going to disparage him a little bit but like when i watch kentucky reeves to me is their third best player yeah, I think Shepard and Dillingham are both better. Now maybe that's recency bias, I guess. But I think Reeves is a little more—he's steadier, you know. I mean, but I—I—I mm-hmm. I, I do think those other guys probably they have bigger upside for sure. Um, yeah, and we'll, you know, we'll have time to talk about that and 
Hopefully Tennessee takes care of business tonight, and it's going to matter just that much more for Saturday. But we also talk about that could be the player of the year showdown, too, in Alabama. Yeah, if you take care of business tonight, the game against Alabama is going to matter. Like it's going to be for if both teams win tonight, you know, that's going to be a gigantic one. If one team wins tonight, the other team loses, the other team's going to be more desperate on Saturday. Like Saturday is going to be very, very important regardless. Yeah. I still think that tonight against Auburn, it's it's more important for Tennessee's chances of winning an SEC championship just because Auburn, we've talked about it, their, their setup is so easy after this game that if you allow them to get back and tie the tie the standings, that you're going to regret that, especially because they would own the tiebreaker over you. It's true. Big game for South Carolina for them, you know, because they're still technically in the mix, but they go to Texas A&M, and A&M's the favorite. I, I think that's a hard game for South Carolina for sure. A&M, you know, fighting for whatever life they have left. I don't even think they're anywhere. Are they anywhere near the bubble? I guess they're they're at least somewhat in striking distance. I guess if they could win, I think they gotta they gotta have to win out to even be in the conversation at yeah. this point. Four game losing streak. The good news for them is they probably look and think they can win out, and eighteen and twelve maybe gets them back on the right side of the bubble. I would have them in my bracketology probably. You know, I have to crunch the numbers and and look at some things, <laughs> but just my bracketology, I'm gonna have them in if they beat South Carolina at Georgia, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. So like. They have a schedule that sets up a potential yeah. run. And they've got they've got a good number of quad one wins. Um, they have a lot of quad one wins. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe same or one more than Tennessee. So I want to say they had six. I yeah. want to say they're six and eight. So yeah. that would be one more than Tennessee for now. Tennessee with a chance to get one tonight. But Tennessee, South- Tennessee with a chance to add four over the next four games. Like It's a resume stretch right here. If you go 4-0, oh, I really do truly think that you're the one seed without question. And I think short of Tennessee's Final Four schedule, Final Four games, which is a, the toughest one, uh, South Carolina's is tough. They're at, at A&M, at home against Florida, at home against UT, and then at Mississippi State at the end. That's a tough run. Yes, yeah, that's why I don't really even think about them in terms of the SEC right. championship race at all anymore. I don't see them as that level. I think they lose tonight and pretty much you know eliminate themselves. Can they spoil a game against Tennessee? Sure. Like, that's going to be a game that you have to come in and focus and, and play hard and all those things. But I don't, I don't view them as a threat for the actual title. To me, it's a two-and-a-half team race. Auburn's hanging on, but Auburn gets eliminated tonight with a loss, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Or at least, you know, in, in miracle mode. And then outside the SEC games we should be paying attention to is number six, Arizona, at Arizona State. Okay. What's the spread on that one? Arizona State, probably like 12-and-a-half-point dogs, if I'm guessing. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, Arizona pounded them just about less than two weeks ago uh, by 30. 11-and-a-half, so, yeah. Yeah, 11-and-a-half. It's in Tempe, so you never know. But a little rivalry action. Come on. Is, is, is Hurley still out there? No, Hurley's gone. Who's, yeah. No, oh, he's, he's a, still there. He's okay. there. Um, and then Iowa State, number eight. They're hosting Oklahoma, so those are games we need to watch. And Marquette hosting Providence. Marquette's number five. Those are all teams in our vicinity uh, from a seeding standpoint, so those should have a little interest for us. I appreciate the effort, Bob. I appreciate the the ties. Those teams are right there around you, but to me it's all about Tennessee-Auburn tonight. Win that game, and then, yeah, you can watch the second half of Alabama-Ole Miss. But, like, the those other games – 
I don't think matter tonight. Just in the sense of like you control your own destiny. You don't really need help anymore. Arizona dropping the one last week, I think, went a long way to helping you and making that one seed a race again. But like now, I think Tennessee just has it ahead of them. Because like if they lose tonight, they're probably going to be locked in as a two seed. I'm guessing. So like arguing about Marquette and where they're seated ahead of you, like uh, who cares? Like they'll keep one and they'll put one with Purdue. They'll put the other with UConn. That means we'll pro- that means we probably play UConn, I guess, though, because they probably won't put Marquette and UConn in the same one-two region. So yeah, maybe from that perspective, it matters who finishes. But like it's going to be. That's why we got to get a one seed. Yeah. I think so, and you can do that by win- start that that journey tonight. Beat Auburn, beat Auburn. Then you're down to just seeing three more wins. You can knock one off. Any final thoughts, Bob? No. Let's go get it tonight, though. Sam, you better go. I'll be there. There yeah, you there. go. Show meet up at Cool Beans to pregame. Eat <laughs> some. Want. Eat some wings and drink a couple of uh, White Claws. If you want. Bring your TV tray. You can set it up there. (laughs) Bring your tray there, yeah. Do a little pregame action at Cool Beans. We'll do a little show meeting there. See you guys there. Down. The G.I. Jake Show coming up next. Big game tonight. Hopefully we're breaking down a win tomorrow morning.